Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Family, there's a place for the church to be loud and there's a place to be silent, to wait on God. But um, I want to just dedicate this session to God and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Jesus, we are here because of what you did. We are here because we celebrate you. And we are here because we feel you. We received you. Lord, we are not talking about the unknown God, but we call you Abba because you have adopted us into your household. And we have inherited everything that Jesus owns. We are co-heirs with him. The fullness of the price of the cross belongs to us. We thank you for that. But you said, Lord, go. As the Father I've sent me, I've sent you. Will you forgive? I forgive. What I did, you will do and more. You gave us a tremendous, huge responsibility to be kingdom and to bring the kingdom right into darkness. And Jesus, you said, you said, those who sat in darkness have seen a great light. As a scripture in Isaiah 9-1 came to fulfillment through your ministry, it says, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And in, in Luke 24, 7 and in Matthew 4, 16 and different scriptures, Matthew 4, 15, um, you speak, Lord, of the land of Zebulun. And you speak of the um, light that has dawned upon them, Lord. And, Lord, we know Zebulun means dwelling place for God. And, Lord, we sat in darkness, but a great light, the light of Christ, who is the light of the world, has come into this darkness and expelled darkness and every effect of darkness. And we thank you for that. And Lord, you establish peace with you on the cross. You made that covenant, that everlasting covenant of peace, the shalom with David. You were chastised for that peace. But in Colossians 1.22, you poured out your blood to establish our reign. This dimension of peace that we need today. To be disconnected from the effect and the chaos of sin and fully reconciled to God, the Trinity. And from this place, this is our inheritance, Abba. We fight the good fight of faith. And we will run the race, and we will fulfill our purposes on earth because of your presence and the power bestowed on us, Lord, that empowers us to do what Jesus did. It's because of you. 
And it's you, Jesus, that fulfilled the promise, that gave us the promise. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. I brought for you many, many information, teachings, really stuff that the Lord revealed to me about intercession. And I will make the teachings available to Henry so that you can go through what is the intercessor all about, the great intercessor Jesus. But I want to speak to you about the dimension in prayer. That's very important. So you can get the background later. <laughs> how will we impact communities? So we spoke about self and how God wants us to kick out the thieves. Hallelujah. He gave us that authority. We don't need to sit with strongholds of mind. Um, I gave a, a teaching on my online, um, I've got online platforms, the Saturday morning platform on and Jezebel, from a dimension, how it influenced um, our, the redemption of our um, sexuality. And we need to speak about this terrible stuff because it binds the church and it causes havoc in the church. And um, I received an email from so many men, beautiful children of God, but so desperately bound by the evil spirit of perversion and immorality and whatever. And this one person wrote me a letter and he said to me, please help me. I, am, I have an international ministry, deliverance, an international prophetic platform, but I am desperately bound by pornography. And today I understand that if I don't seek help in time, I might lose my salvation. And I, I've got a policy as a woman minister. I don't minister to men, but God said to me, as a son, you minister to me today because he needs me today. And we came against the stronghold on the phone because the Lord is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And I ministered to him, healing, and words of wisdom that the, the Lord gave, and words of knowledge, and the Lord set him free. And it's so beautiful to see how he, how he develops as a son of God. So he sends his wife to e every one of my seminars that I do, <laughs> and he's on the prayer school that I do. And he's on Saturday mornings training. That guy is just everywhere because he sat in darkness in church and he saw a great light. I want to beg you today. Don't be so self-absorbed that you don't see the pain around you. And you can't discern your brother or your sister next to you really need Jesus in church. Don't be so focused on your calling that you neglect discipleship and to sit with your team. I sat Celia 
We, we are friends for 45 years, 46, nearly 46 years, I think. We don't count anymore because it actually just <laughs> tells how old we are, do you understand? But, but we are in a covenant relationship. And we have accountability towards each, each other. But she knows that in raising up intercessors' teams, and the privilege God gave me, one of the most important things to me is to sit one-on-one -on -one and make sure you are saved. Your spirit might be saved, but the word of God says, work out your own salvation day by day with fear and trembling. Your soul shall, should be um, uh, um, submitted you know, the unto the authority of the will of God on a daily basis. And your body... You need to submit the faculties of your body to the power and the dominion and the lordship of Jesus through the working of Holy Spirit. It's important. And in church, I really want to tell you today, Jesus will never condemn you. He paid a tremendous price to set us free. A tremendous price. He will not condemn you. He says, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be delivered or will be saved. And I want to say to my brothers today, you have an extreme difficult challenge in the world you live in. The entire world is, is directed to get you off your true authority. And your true authority that you carry is the fact that Jesus' love is built into your DNA to an extent where you can love one wife as Christ loves the church. That's the highest authority that any person can carry on earth because that love took Jesus to the cross. And Satan hates the fact that the very love of Christ has been built into your DNA activated, it becomes the most powerful force on the earth. I sit suddenly uh, 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 next to, I always pray and I say, God, who do you want to sit next to me? Does that person need Jesus or does he have a word for me? Just do what you have to do. And this time it was Mark. And Mark is, um, I think, reborn. You know, he spoke like that. But he told me a story. And he said to me, you remind me of somebody that I've just met. And the first words that man said to me, and he called his name, he said to me, I know only one woman. I've never cheated on my wife. I'm working full time for God. And he said to me, I said to my Amanda, my heart went like this because I come from a family line where my dad had four or five wives, polygamous marriages, and I knew nothing else. So there's so much redeeming that we should do. And we really, family, I want to really, really, really motivate you today. Your purity unlocks the wisdom of heaven. Go and read James 3, verse 17. There's seven pillars of wisdom. We need it in prayer to be directed by the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is 
wisdom. So when you go and read in James 3, 17, you will see seven pillars. Wisdom, wisdom from above is first of all pure. Purity is the high, um, highest form of worshipping God. It's when I give my body as a living sacrifice and living worship unto him. Worship is not too fast songs and too slow songs. <laughs> worship is not Sunday morning in church. Worship is a lifestyle. And as, as intercessors, as prayer warriors, if we want to become very visible in the spirit world, we should seek purity more than anything. Love empowers us to become, to walk in a pure um, lifestyle before God. Because if I love the Father with everything in me, all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, all my everything in me, that love empowered me to run, sorry, to run away from everything defiling. And men, your eyes are very connected to your emotions. What you see is what you feel. Just know it. If you want to become powerful for God, redeem your eyes. Put that TV off. Spend, rather spend time. Say, family, let's pray. Let's read the word. Let's just spend time in the word. Instead of lying like a potato couch, couch potato there. <laughs> <laughs> I can the guys from the year. I can't do Lazy, lazy potatoes. He says, but, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, it's undefiled. Then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted and straightforward, impartial and unfeigned. Free from doubts, wavering, and insincerity. Seven things that connects you to heavenly wisdom. And the wisdom that you need to know, have to know left or right, forward. What is yes, what is no. So you know then need to find a prophet and say, listen, man, you know what? I need to decide now. Um, um, I know, you know, is this job opportunity from God or not? Because he can be a lying prophet. But the wisdom of God is everything we need. As intercessors, connect yourself to this dimension. And purity, the Lord says, be holy for I'm holy. So it's not a, a dream. It's a reality that holiness and purity is my inheritance. And as I surrender my personal desires for the desire of God and, and, I, and I bring my body, and we all know it, Romans 12, 1, we all know that scripture. Scripture, and um, we come before God in this way. We say, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God. Mercy is to receive some, as om vrijgeskelte word, van iets wat ek verdien het. 
een straf wat ik verdien niet. Die mercy is van God. The mercy of God actually disconnects me from the judgment and connects me to what Jesus paid for. I deserve punishment. I deserve the righteous judgment. But the mercy of God that's new every day, every day disconnects me from the effect of sin and connects me to my destiny. So just know it. The, uh, uh, to make a decisive decision of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties, your entire body, your ears, your eyes, your mouth, your nose, everything, hands, feet, for my foot loop, for my hand fight, okay? As a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So if I want to worship God, Romans 12, 1. That's true worship. And true worship, and I think it's according to Psalm 139, where the word says that high praises in my mouth releases what? The sword and, okay, makes me a warrior. So if I, if I embrace the fullness of what Jesus did for me and I lay down all that evil desires, I exchange it to be fully reconciled to God, to become in peace with God, then I, I can do mighty exploits for the Lord. He can use me. So I want to talk to you in this session about a very important um, aspect of being a warrior of the Lord, true warrior, true intercessor. And that is being a peacemaker. I want to speak to you about peace in two dimensions this morning. And I hope it will break open why the Lord Jesus made peace, uh, made a covenant of peace with David, an everlasting covenant of peace. He was chastised in, in uh, Isaiah 5, 53, 5 for our peace. And he just sealed it with his blood on the cross in Colossians 1.20. And then Colossians 1.20, and I think I will come to that scripture, but it says that it's God's will that everything in heaven and on earth will be reconciled back to God. But he paid for the reconciliation, first of all, for us as souls, as living souls, by pouring out his blood. He sealed the deal. What he made of David on the cross. And he said to us that he called each and every child of God to walk in the ministry of reconciliation, to become peacemakers. This is very important. Now, um, we know that when Jesus, um, when he sent out the 70 in Luke 10, he gave them a specific instruction, and it never changed. He says in Luke 10, verse 5 and 6, Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this household. Freedom from all the distress that results from sin be with this family. Imagine. Imagine. Just daydream of Jesus. If we do just this one thing. 
And we enter places, peace unto you. Enter the Mall of Africa, peace unto you. Enter Spur, peace unto you. Enter that family we are about to, to um, counsel, peace unto you. And you start to do what Jesus Christ said. This is prayer. This is the core of prayer, is to bring peace. Now, it continues and he said, and if anyone worthy of peace, and now the peace um, in these two, in these two uh, um, verses is, is written with a capital. It's speaking of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Okay, isn't that amazing? And he says, and if anyone worthy of peace, with a capital P, and blessedness is there, the peace and the blessedness you wish shall come upon you. But if not, it shall come back to you. So, so he's speaking to his disciples, the 70, and I always understood it that in, in Luke 9, the Jesus sent out the 12 to the 12 tribes. That's how I understood it. I don't say it's really so, but it's true that there were 12 tribes and they were sent, and then he sent 70 because with the fall of a tower of Baal, 70 tongues. So by understanding Luke 9 and 10, we see that Jesus covered the entire world, all the nations that he created. All the nations. When we worked in Papua, you know, people said those mountain people are unsavable. It's, it's documented by Christians. In other words, they didn't understand the power of the cross. Nobody's unsavable. Jesus paid that full price. But now he says, if anyone worthy of peace with the capital of Jesus, the Prince of Peace and Blessedness is there, the peace, Jesus, and the blessedness, your wish shall come upon them. So we, as we enter homes and places and territories, and we start to speak, when I enter nations, I declare to the ancient gates of the hearts, the living gates of hearts, open up for the Prince of Peace to enter. The King of Glory is the Prince of Peace. And you come into a territory with this absolute mindset that I'm sent to this place to bring Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I am sent to bring the Prince of Peace. And you walk in the revelation. And people tell you, do you know the gully gully witches is this stronghold here? Say, hallelujah! <laughs> Jesus came. Some of them will come to salvation. Some of them will. No. Salima is a Muslim area. Be careful. Hallelujah! As we speak peace. I had the privilege to sit um, I, uh, one of our colleagues, of one of my brothers, co-workers, um, were, the, were the evangelists for the day. And the Muslim chief sat just here in front of me. And when he made the altar call, his hand, and I've got the photo of that, I had to just capture it. I work in, he's a senior chief of one of the regions where we work with 106 orphans, busy establishing a, a stronghold for Jesus there. 
So I preach the gospel every time I go and take them material. All the workers have Bibles now. And every time I reach out, I make sure I have enough Bibles to sow. Did you have Bibles? Because every home has a Quran. So this chief and his other chief person, and, and we don't know yet the, the motive, but they sent me a message to, do you have Bibles for us? See yourself surrounded by the Prince of Peace. I'm seated in him. My offset point is heavenly places. I'm not a chicken. I'm an eagle. My offset point is heaven. I operate from my dad's throne. That's my mandate. That's who I am. Because he's in me and I'm in him. Not because of me. I have no authority. But the Lord did not come and restore Adam's authority because he was, I think, a bit worried that he will mess it up again. But this time he placed his authority in me. He inhabits this person. If I give him the opportunity, he will work in me and through me. If I'm not stubborn, hard-headed, blindfolded, prideful, he can actually use a broken vessel to bring his light. And this is a very important word for every child of God that wants to grow in authority in prayer. If you're not a peacemaker, principalities and powers will not discern where you are. They will not even be worried about you. So when you wake up, they will say, oh, it's okay. But when you walk in this and you wake up, even in your sleep, because God can use you in your sleep to war for him, you will be fearful. And I want to bring the truth to you this day, that you can see yourself through the eyes of Jesus. He didn't come in vain. He didn't come to make a joke of his church. He came to empower us and to, for us to represent him well on earth. Peace, in Greek, in the Greek lexicon is Irene. It's a Greek, Strong's Greek 1515. I will give the information to him and if he if you feel like it, he can share it with you. Irene comes from Iro, E-I-R-E-N-E, with that little stripes on, straight stripes, okay? It means to join, tie together into whole. So all the scatteredness, all the confusion, all the trauma caused by sin, the moment that I invite the Prince of Peace in, the moment that I say, Shalom, no, Peace unto you. Shalom, shalom, or Irene. Doesn't matter what you want to do. In the Greek, it's Irene. You release the power of the cross. You release the power of the winds of Christ into that situation. And what does he do? It joined together, tied together in one whole. Properly, wholeness, when all essential parts are joined together, peace, God's gift of wholeness. One peace, quietness, rest. Now, it literally, it's literally a picture 
and, and it pictures the binding or joining together again of that which has had been separated or divided or thus setting at again, a one again. What was divided, that was separated from, from God, is, is being um, gathered together in oneness with God. It's bind together in one whole person. That's scattered out because of all the betrayal. When I speak shalom, when I release peace, when I receive peace, the scatteredness can no longer rule. The chaos of the effect of sin are dealt with by the authority of the love of Jesus. This is a dimension of prayer that we need to understand because if we start to release this over regions, we will see the effect. And I've seen it. I see, Father, um, meaning, con a meaning, okay, it's, it's not Irene, okay, convey by the common expression of one having it all together. Now, you know all the worry means to see, it's a farkis verloor. Of means to say, it's verloor. But Irene, brings everything together under the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And we operate from this dimension of wholeness. Jesus said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. He doesn't want us to be scattered all the time, to feel scattered all the time. He doesn't want that. Because he paid that tremendous, huge price. For our healing. Peace as a state of concord and harmony is the opposite of war and disaccord. Peace was used as a greeting or a farewell corresponding to the Hebrew word shalom. Peace to you. And where did we hear this? I just want to complete Irene. Irene can convey the sense of an inner rest. Didn't Hebrew 4 say, without trusting God, it's impossible to enter his rest? Peace, release trusting God. Because the doubts I had, the scatteredness of mind and heart, is now bound together in oneness with the Prince of Peace. And suddenly, a dimension called rest, I know God's going to do it. Family, when God spoke to me a few years back concerning Salimo, I stood, I was, I went on a, on a prayer drive. The Lord sent me back to Malawi to, to drive all around Malawi with a team and to pray. And when we came in Salimo, it looks like it's, 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 it's a, um, a lake city. It's near the lake, Malawi um, Lake. Okay. It's sandy. So I stood with my bare feet in the sand. And I said, God, will you give us a crusade here? And he started to stir my heart. And God started to stir my heart for the many, 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 many extremely poor children that looks like ash because they eat once or twice a week. And I didn't know how God's going to do it. But I had such an inner peace that God will do it. 
I knew God's going to do it. I didn't know how because I don't have anything to give. I don't have a church and I can't take an offering for my salima. But I have a God that loves the poor. I have a God that loves the orphan. I have a God that loves the widow. And if I come into a place where I align my heart with the peace of the Prince of Peace and I allow him to bind me as one whole person, healthy, restored, healed, the chaos removed and the effect of sin is chaos removed out of my life and I allow him to calibrate me with heaven, suddenly things start to happen in my life. Say, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. But if you give me a piece of land, I know I can build. Because then you will pay the way. And I thought it's going to be this this first um, area where I work with a Muslim um, chief. is the senior chief. There's many Muslim chiefs in that area. And I asked him for a piece of land and I want to sell it to me for prime land in South Africa's prize. Price and I said, no, I'm not going to buy land. And um, the second time or the third time I went, uh, the, my, the minister of Salima, the MP of Salima, asked my friend, can he see me? And I met him. He, we met in a place near, the, near Parliament, and he said to me, Mama, I, I believe you want to bring a change to Salima. And I said, yes, I want to. And he said to me, but, but can, I in, can I introduce you to a panel of chiefs? As the senior chief of Salima wants to meet you with his panel of chiefs. And they are actually willing to give you land. And I knew. Hallelujah! Things are happening. Because the prince of peace wants to enter that place. And he wants to answer the prayers of somebody that's ready to receive peace on behalf of a a community. And I found those. The senior chief, when I met him, he said to me, Mama, they call me Mama Africa. I even got a piece of jewelry (laughs) that says Mama Africa. So I'm sitting it now. I'm going to wear it. And he said to me, in the past... Taking communion on a daily basis was my highest worship unto God. It's just to remember what Jesus did for us. But from now on, I will make the vision God gave you to bring hope and restoration for children in such um, need. I will make this my second most important focus in prayer. The senior chief. And since then, the Lord just started. The gospel is just on popping, and, and I look onto this, and I think, is this really how easy it is, Lord? Trusting you for doing what is your heart? Yeah? I didn't know where the money is going to come from. God gave me a huge vision for that place. And he said to me, those who are faithful over the ten talents, I will make, um, I will give them ten cities. Do you hear what God said to me? Ten villages. Family, it starts with inviting the 
peace, the state of reconciliation with God into me. I made, I made peace with him. See, God, I cannot do it. If you don't empower me, I cannot do it at all. The effect, the peace affects us, placing our faith in the gospel. When I make peace with God, when the peace of God is established in me, something happens. And a new dimension of faith in the power of the gospel is released. And I'm called to pray, but the purpose of prayer is to release the power of the gospel. It's not to change my circumstances. It's not the purpose of prayer. God's not focused on our, our needs. Yes, he says, make your desires known to me. But my needs will become um, fulfilled as I walk in my calling, as an intercessor. And my focus shifts from self to kingdom. And I see the kingdom come. And we sing the songs. I speak Jesus, I speak Jesus. And I ask somebody, what does it mean? Say, no, but I speak Jesus. I say, but who is Jesus? He's the word of God. If you truly want to speak Jesus, start to speak the word of God over your life, your children, your family, your husband. And, and, and God's purposes can be fulfilled. Acts 10.32 says, you know the contents of the message which is sent to Israel, announcing the good news gospel of peace by Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So when I proclaim peace, when I bring the gospel of peace into a place, the Lord of all enters. It's a huge prayer to pray. Even if we come together as a church once a week for 10 minutes, and all we do, we make a circle, we look out of the circle, and we start to speak peace onto every home that's in the support of God. We will see the effect. Where we drive, we speak peace. And some of you that's got the privilege to paraglide or what, what do you call all these glides and with whatever aeroplanes, and you have an aerial view, Paragliders on water, I can't feel that darum no more. on a glide, what you're doing. Or in a helicopter or a whatever. I love it to fly because it's a wonderful opportunity to just have covered a huger area. And I've seen the effect of this. Peace is a condition of freedom from disturbance, whether outwardly as of an a nation from war or enemies or inwardly as in the current context within the soul. Peace implies health, well-being, prosperity in every way. And as we started, God taught me this principles many, many, many years back, more than 20 years back. And we, we opened this very small little business in Standard and we didn't have a lot and we were actually a little bit in trouble with cash flow and food in the house and stuff. And to put the cherry on this, 
uh, one of the clients came in and she just looked at me and she said to me, if you make one of us angry, we will all boycott your business. And she walked out and I said, Jesus, I only have you. And I don't want to make you angry because when these guys are angry, I still need you to bless me. And God taught me something very powerful. He said to me, I want you to find out where this client stays. And I want you to do a prayer drive to this home and start to speak peace over this home. And I found out I live in the main street of Standerton. And I drove when it's, you know, like not light anymore. <laughs> when it's dark, <laughs> past seven. And I would stop in front of a home. And I say, how do I do it? And he said, speak peace. And I just started to do it. So, Lord, I speak peace unto this lady. I don't want to mention her name. And, and the Holy Spirit started to, 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 to bring the prayer to their marriage, Lord, to their finances, to their emotions. I speak peace. I speak peace. And suddenly I receive a phone call. Do you pray for people? Nobody knew said, I do. Will you pray for my daughter? I said, yes, it will be a privilege. And she came. And God gave me a wonderful opportunity to minister to them. Although she said, this is a gang. was gang up against people. They cannot gang up against God. Because God will, if you pray, God will bring them. And he will give you the opportunity to lead your worst adversity. Adversary? Adversity? To God. The, I grew up in a, I grew up in a um, dysfunctional home. I loved my dad, but he was an alcoholist and a womanizer and a gambler. But he was broken. And he needed Jesus. And nobody saw it. They condemned him. And I had to flee for his drunk friends many times. And some of those got hold of me. And at this stage, and I'm so thankful because that my healing propelled me into a dimension where I can actually pray for people that hurt other people because it's hurting people that hurt. So I don't think about this as, oh, my poor life, no ways. Jesus is just so much bigger than that. And I prayed for this one person that really betrayed me, really hurt me deeply for about 33 years. And I prayed so many times for those men. And I said, if they can only experience your love, Lord, they will be delivered from tormenting perverse spirits and immorality. They will receive Jesus and they will be healed. And the Lord gave me the wonderful opportunity after 33 years of praying for this person once in two, three months for so many years for his salvation. Did I know where this person is in, in this world? I received the email one night. I've been watching your ministry. And I see all the love. I want that. Can you help me? And I had the privilege to lead that 
that person on the phone, not like this, on the phone to Jesus and to take him in a few sessions through deliverance from perversity and immorality and drunkenness and cheating on his wife that he's married with. And, and um, I knew the joy of being truly set free and reconciled to God. I know that, that joy. And I want the church to experience it in the depths of what Jesus paid for. Because as long as we hate the haters, we cannot impact their lives. You can come and pray, and I can give you the two steps now. And you will go away and say, yeah, this is good. But it's not going to empower you. Knowledge does not empower us. What empowers us is the Spirit of God poured out by Christ and the love of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. It will change your prayer life forever. Because the next time you see that man or that woman that hurt you so much, you will no longer curse that person or think bad or, you know, or talk about, you will pray. And you will desire the spoil. What bigger um, judgment can we bring to the works of the enemy by desiring peace with my enemies? That's why Jesus says, bless your enemies, don't curse. And he, and he says in, in John 20 verse 23, will you forgive, I forgive. We have the authority in prayer to disconnect people from the gates of hell. We have the authority to speak peace and disconnect them from the chaos of sin. And in due season, we will see the effect. And we can religiously, I can come and, and I can preach at you and give you something, but I want to empower you today through what I've experienced firsthand in my life. I don't fear the gully gully witches. Why? Because I live in the revelation that Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ in me is the victor. He overcame, according to Colossians 2, 14, 15, every principality and power. He left him paralyzed and now he made a public spectacle of him. And that, that very same Christ is now in me. So though my legs may shake, Christ in me is courageous, he's victorious, he has overcome, and because of him, I'm more than victorious, I'm more than a conqueror. So when the giant appears in front of me, what stone do we have to bring him down? Is it love? Is it peace? Satan has no answer for love and peace. He cannot fake it. There's fake peace, but the true one, the Prince of Peace, when we bring him, every new need to bow and need to confess that he is Lord. And when we pray, we come from that place. In, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew lexicon is Shalom. We can, we know the word Shalom. When you walk in Israel, you hear the people say Shalom, Shalom, everywhere they go. They release peace all the time. Whether we love the Jews or not, I'm telling you, God is fighting for them. You better be on God's side and not fight his people. And speaking shalom has, has drawn an 
canopy over them. They have an iron dome, but who is the one who directs the missiles to the antidote? The iron dome over Jerusalem, over Israel, is the prince of is, is, is the prince of peace. I still need to know him. But by speaking peace, there's a universal law that cannot be broken. It says tranquility, safety, well-being, welfare, health, contentment, success, comfort, wholeness, integrity to you. What be the blessing? I want to just quickly break open shalom so you can understand the power. In Hebrew, it's, it is spelled with four Hebrew letters. Shin, Lamet, Vav, Mem. Okay? Shin is destroy. Lamet is authority. Vav is attached. Mem is chaos. Meaning, destroy the authority attached to chaos. That's what Shalom means. So the moment you release it, this is what you release. Destroy the authority attached to chaos with the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is what you release. The first letter, Shin, represents, a, it's a tooth, okay, the, the picture. They, um, the Hebrew letters, we all know it is it's very, um, there's deeper meanings to the Hebrew letters, okay. It means to destroy. So many times you have dreams and we don't understand, my tooth are broken. It means something is coming against your authority. So once you start to understand the pictures, your dreams will unfold, okay, from the word. Lamet, it can mean to control authority and the tongue. Now we know. Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has power over life and death. Those who indulge it must eat its fruit. We cannot represent the Trinity on earth in prayer and speak evil. I cannot. I cannot build Satan's kingdom and God's kingdom alike. My tongue needs to come under control of Holy Spirit. So combine these two Hebrew letters, um, Shen and Lamet, means destroy authority and control. Somebody said to me yesterday, Tani Amanda, I really need counseling. Tani, I think I need deliverance. I said, now, what's happening? And she just shared it. And I, and I see how she, uh, sorry, how she submitted to, to the dominion of evil by speaking evil of somebody that's, that's um, persecuting her. If we bring our tongue under control of Holy Spirit, we become a powerful force that destroy the authority and the control of the evil one. So as intercessors, one of the thieves that we need to kick out is evil speaking, slander, gossip. It's not God. And it actually hinders me from walking in the full authority that the Lord has for me because I cannot build two kingdoms. I have to choose. I can even put my foot here, stone in, door stone, and gebed me. That's why our hearts need to be directed to the Lord and bring under, and as a church, 
God wants us to do that. The th third letter, Vav, it means to secure or nail. Final. I've nailed it. I've secured it. It means to secure something, establish something, bring something together or join something. That's what Vav means. And now, the last letter of Shalom, Mem, it means mighty, big, large, massive. So, we understand that according to the meaning of the Hebrew letters that spell shalom, it means to destroy the very thing, the authority in control that establishes the massive chaos in your life. Who doesn't want to get rid of all chaos? Have you ever seen Sometimes you walk in a, into a territory or into a home and it feels as if the atmosphere is scrambled. Speak peace. We are carriers of peace because the Prince of Peace is in us. Right? When I go, the peace of God should go. So I'm disconnected from the authority in control in my region that establishes the massive chaos over my region because I am filled with the Prince of Peace. I am surrounded by the Prince of Peace. I speak from a place of peace because I'm in peace with God and I'm a peacemaker. I'm in peace with my neighbor. It's a powerful place from where we operate in prayer. Powerful. What does God ask of us? He wants us to make him Lord of our lives, our communities, to submit to his authority and rulership over our lives. Make him Lord. Make the Prince of Peace my Lord, not only my Savior. Lord, have dominion over my heart. Lord, have dominion over my mind. Lord, have dominion over my actions. Have dominion over where my feet walks because you said every place I put my foot, I am taking territory for God because I disconnect this place from the chaos of the effect of sin. And now we are bringing it home. We are empowering ourselves because we start to understand that my identity is in the Prince of Peace. My nature becomes the nature of the Prince of Peace. My characteristics is no longer I am born angry. <laughs> I'm born this way. My nature is the nature of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, is the nature of Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is who Jesus' nature is. And he gave it to us as part of the working of the Holy Spirit. So love, peace, joy. It's the kingdom. See, the word says the kingdom of God is love and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We need to take action by fully submitting to his authority. In that we establish his control over the massive chaos and destroy its power over our lives, our families. One day, 
we had this little, little photo store, and, and Mason, I get Mason near came to say daughter can't like my boss. She was just married. Really young. And she now, we had a very, well, you actually met us when we had a big, a big store with an upper room. But we started in a 45 square meter um, uh, um, little store. Okay. And the Lord taught me that this is a wonderful, powerful place from where I can release peace and become peace onto a city. And I've truly seen with my own eyes how Songoma that came to do stuff crawl away. Couldn't walk when she came into that territory. I've seen it with my own eyes. Because where there's peace, the Prince of Peace, knees must bow. And I actually saw the manifestation of the scripture that every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And I've, 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 Alex, I've, I've experienced firsthand the fruit of speaking peace. So they called me to a farm. I found my pastor and I said, come with me, him and his wife, come with me. And there's a Sangoma um, causing havoc on the farm of an elderly couple. And we, this is what we pray. We release peace, Lord. We disconnect this place from the authority and the rulership of an evil force, a principality over this farm. And, and I just say, Lord, I thank you that that knee will bow. That tongue will confess. And the Sangoma crawled off that farm. She could not walk. When that, uh, that time she's gone to be with the Lord now, when she found me, she said, you won't believe what happened. That woman started to crawl. She couldn't walk. She crawled. She could not walk. Just know, when we align ourselves with the atmosphere in heaven, the presence of God is the atmosphere of heaven, okay? So we align ourselves with the Trinity, the nature, the characteristics, the assignment, the good works, the uh, purposes. And we start to do what Jesus said we should do. We will become powerful for, for the Lord and bring him glory. And we will see it with our own eyes. The testimonies will be there to encourage you to overcome more. Your testimony starts with your salvation and your baptism in the Holy Spirit and baptism in water. But it doesn't end it. It should build up because your testimony, the testimony that we have, encourages you together with the blood of the Lamb and the fact that we die more and more and more and more to self and we are willing to die for Christ to see his kingdom come. And as intercessors, as prayer warriors, we need to connect ourselves to the true identity bought by the blood of the Lamb, the, the extreme huge price he paid for us. And walk away from a weak Christianity. It will not help us at all. I'm so, so burdened because I hear more and more of pastors Pastor Fraternals, and I'm part of a fraternal, 
that come together, drink wine, and tell jokes. My word. How will you speak to Bacchus, the ruling spirit of alcoholism, if you give yourself to that self, yourselves to that spirit? How? How will you deal with the alcoholist that cry out for Jesus like Celia's husband did? And his alcoholist or the, the person that was his leader were given himself to alcohol. He couldn't help him. Because he bowed before that same God. And we need to understand, God is pulling us today out of that lukewarm Christianity into mighty works for God because we know our God. Our God is not a compromising God. Our God, when He enters a bar, it's to save souls. Not to conform to them, but because we are conformed to Jesus' The church is such a weak light, and we have no impact because we do what the world do, and we want them to see Jesus. We fight each other. We speak about and against other denominations as if God is not great enough, big enough to use the cross of Jesus to save an child of an person or somebody from the AFM just as he saves a shofarian. I'm just using this as an example because we fight each other instead of uniting in the spirit and fight the real enemy. The devil that's walking around seeking who he can kill and destroy. And the Lord wants us to release peace. First of all, by being reconciled to the Prince of Peace. Matthew 5 9 says, Blessed, enjoying, enviable, happiness, spiritual, prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of the outward condition, are the markers, the makers and maintainers of peace. For they shall be called the sons of God. And the word says the entire, the entire creation are groaning, are in travail for the revelation of the sons of God. Because nature has suffered futility. And there's a hope that the freedom that came to the sons of God will bring freedom to an entire nature, to nature that suffers because of the effect of sin. And I see it in Salimah. There's nothing, there's no grass, there's nothing. I had the privilege to to do a... a, um, with my, my uh, other co-minister, um, Naomi Schoenberger, to do a, a, a leader summit. And 250 leaders came from all over. Some came with a bicycle 700 kilometers. So hungry. And I spoke to them about sonship. And how God has given us the authority to speak to nature to become fruitful. And barrenness and 
curses on the soil because of idolatry to break in Jesus' name. And his peace to come to a region so that the fruitfulness of the land can be redeemed. Because God made this earth for himself to glorify him. It's our work to become redeemers. Prayer is not only to come and stand and, oh Lord, be with Pastor Henny tonight. Let the word impact. And the same people respond to the altar call that did it 10 years back. I see this everywhere I minister, in my own city the most. And we think God is working because people are coming forward. They are not, the Holy Spirit are not working because the transforming power of Holy Spirit will transform us and we will become those who in prayer minister to the broken. We need to see activation. We need to see. And if there's no persecution... It's not because God is with us. Where there's life, where the spirit of God is, the disciples were persecuted. Just now resistance in the spirit, and you experience it at the moment, you experience in the spirit I mentioned resistance. Just know why. Satan doesn't want you to, to go forward. You need to press in now and say to that Stronghold of cancer to that stronghold of uh, um, of broken marriages, broken covenants, or whatever is happening in the church. In Jesus' name, we bind you out. You have no authority here. You are not welcome, and we release reconciliation. Stand up. The Holy Spirit is in us. He will lead us. But come back to God. As intercessors and prayer warriors, we should make it our highest priority to be peacemakers, live in peace in our homes and community, obey God by speaking peace everywhere. Jesus came, John 20, disciples so fearful, locked up behind doors. He's now in his, in his glorified body. He now, no longer needs to come through a door. He came through the wall and he... And, and they were fearful that the Roman soldiers would kill them. And the first thing he did, he said, peace unto you. As the Father has sent me, I sent you. He disconnected them from the authority of the chaos and the rulership of the chaos caused by fear. As the Father has sent me, I sent you. And everyone that would receive Jesus after them, this is your assignment. As the Father has sent me, I send you. That's the assignment is speak peace. Become peace, a vessel of peace. And when I walk into homes that, where there's chaos in the spirit, I just speak peace. And I, and I command that chaos to go. I say, you have no authority. While the light of Christ came into this atmosphere, into this space, ruled by disunity, quarrelsome people, um, anger, resentment, offense, you have no authority because the Prince of Peace has entered. Um, uh, are we arrogant by saying that? You are absolutely in line with your assignment when you say that. You have a mandate from heaven. 
to bring the peace of the Lord into a situation. And do you know how much relief it will bring instead of fighting when we, when we are in a disagreement in marriage covenant? But just stop. As children of God, stop and say, let's speak peace. Let's just, let's just be quiet and speak peace. Hold your word, I will hold mine. Jesus, come in. Sar Shalom, come in. Prince of Peace, you are welcome here. And see how that thing vanishes. Romans 12, 18, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 says, strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that consecration and holiness without which no one will ever see the Lord. So I'm going to stop here. I flew to, to um, Lelongwe in, I, I can't remember, beginning of March. And as I entered the, the aeroplane, um, a young man sat in the middle seat, sort of sleepy, and when I, I had the window seat, and when I came in, um, I actually thought I had the oil seat, because normally I book an oil seat. And I sat in the oil seat, and a huge, huge, huge guy came in, and he said to me, good afternoon. I said, yes, hello. He said, it's my seat. I said, okay, okay. And now I'm be a bit confused, and this man in the middle, he just jumped onto the, the window seat that's supposed to be mine. And I said to him, do you like to sit at the window seat? Yes. I said, okay, it's my seat, but you can take it. It's okay. So I sat right in the middle of the two. And I started to pray in tongues, and I don't know what's going on. I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying in tongues. And this guy in my seat, he just fell asleep, sort of. And the other guy is one of my kind, okay? <laughs> Do you understand that language? And he started to talk to me, what are you going to do in Malawinet? And I discovered he's a pastor, and I'm busy with um, leadership training and stuff. And he said to me, that guy's hat and I look and I said, yeah, I, I saw his hat you know it's like a red hat with something on there but I didn't want to sort of <laughs> lean over and read and we stopped in Blantyre and um, oh this guy he's got my seat but he's hanging over my seat now the middle seat so I said hey brother yes I said hey man make space for me See, lean over to the to the window side. <laughs> Just I, I need to be comfortable because it's now four and a half hours. You know, I, I don't want to sit like this all the time. And here I also cruelty long long my accent no he in the middle. And he said, Where are you going, Blantyre? This this guy on this side with the hat. So okay, and when he stopped there, he's still sleeping. I said, you need to jump off. We are in Blantyre now. And he and he stood up and he looked around in the aeroplane and said, No, it's not time yet. And he sat down. I thought, what is this? I said, hey, what are you doing in Malawi? He said, oh, I'm a traditional healer. He said, oh, that's wonderful. You are in the right place. 
Now this guy is going to Lelongwe. He said to me, He's just in the right place. See, Jesus, he's disconnected from your love. Doesn't know the Prince of Peace. Jesus, will you heal him? Will you restore him? Will you deliver him from a demonic bloodline? Jesus, will you reveal the Father to him? Father, will you reveal the Son to him? Say. Save his soul. And I started to release peace. Because demonic forces has nothing in us. The word of God says Satan has nothing in us. Make sure you are not aligned. You, your words doesn't align you with the, the wrong dominion, the wrong kingdom. We are born to become light through darkness, salt and light. Salt preserve, light expel darkness. One what light? When you bring one little globe into the darkest dark room, you can think about, guess what happens? So you sing, my little light, let my little light shine. Jesus, it's not a little light. Start to, to realize who is the light. In me. That guy needed Jesus, and I'm very sure that he will meet Jesus. So don't be so fearful when you see a person worshiping an other God. He needs Jesus, he's in you. He's a walking, he, he needs you. Jesus does nothing without his church. If the church is asleep, Nothing happens. But if the church is vibrant and a prayer, praying unit, fervent in prayer, seeking souls, asking God send out more laborers, we will see the harvest stream in. We will hear testimonies. I've learned something from Suzette Atom. She she lent me a lot of things, but the one thing I've learned from her that's so valuable, we prepared for a crusade in Ambon. So we gathered at the crusade grounds early morning before dawn so that we can awake the dawn and speak over that region, speak life, speak whatever. And then the imams and the Muslims would come and surround us, like a thick circle of them. We are about from all over Ambon every morning, about in the beginning 150, it grew to 200, it grew to 300. And, and she would just say this, we focus on Jesus only. And we would worship. A false guitar from Peter, one of the, one of the, the, the village boys came with his false guitar and we broke and the imams would turn around. And people got healed outside of the circle. And they start to see the power of Jesus. And when the crusade week came, 
die sooi. Wat dat het? The atmosphere is saturated with peace. Because we plant the word of God in the heavens. Read Isaiah 55, 11, I think. I've put my word in your mouth. Okay? We plant the heavens with the word of God. It seeds. And God allows. He's the one that makes the word grow. Life comes from him. Growth comes from him. Um, it's 16. Uh, 51, 16. Thank you, Sila. It's 51, 16. So, and I've put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand that I may fix the new heavens as a tabernacle and lay the foundations of a new earth and say to Zion, we, you are my people. This is in the Amplified. Okay? In the New King James it says, and I've put my words in your mouth and I've covered you with the shadow of my hand that I might plant the heavens, lay the foundation of the earth and say to Zion, you are my people. And I've seen the power of the Prince of Peace manifest in an area where normally Christians would hide. The first night, 7,000, no, I will never forget it. It was so amazing, 7,900 people got saved. And Suzette, I could see she can't believe it because normally it's not maybe about 10,000 people came. It's normally not the entire crowd. It's normally not the entire crowd. And she asked the people, sit. I need to explain to you, this is the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is what it's all about. Now, who wants, when she said, who wants, people start to pop up like popcorn. Everywhere. And she said, let me explain another time. Sit, sit. We want to make sure you understand. Translated? Are you translating right, in the right way? <laughs> Don't you tell these people to stand up without saying to them the gospel? No, Ibu, no. I'm preaching the gospel with you. And as she started to preach it, while she was preaching, the people just... And I've seen how lame, a lame old man Jump out of his chair. Nobody laid hands on him. We didn't even pray for, for, for the sick and the lame. Just the truth that came and broke the dominion of paralysis or what's it in the name for Lamang. Broke the dominion over that body. He jumped out of a wheelchair and he ran. He started to run. And then I saw scripture manifest. It is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. People started to scream out to God for forgiveness. As this old, old pastor Umi ran up and down, up and down, they knew him because lifelong parallelism, lifelong in a wheelchair. And now the goodness of God came because the kingdom came, because we prayed. The atmosphere was pregnant with the presence of the Lord. 
And now people started to scream for help. Forgive us. Forgive us. And many, many, many souls saved. And God wants to use you, Johannes, and you, Sissy Joyce, and you, um, Tanya, John, JP. JP, there's a very power in that night. Like, Wolferson and John Paul, John Peter, or whatever. But the JPs I know, they are fearful for God, are fearless for God. There's something about that name. Monica. Arthur. Yes, Anne. I tried to read that brother there in the back who loves God so much. Arthur. Just know God has called you to stand out for him. To bring the kingdom, not only sing that song. Mother Louise, you look so timid, but God has given you the lion's heart. And he's going to use you and your voice to break strongholds. Don't think because you're you are a little bit shy that God can't use you. The lion's heart is in humility, it's in true humbleness. He dwells there. Don't change, just speak to see what God can do. And your heart is so soft to God, it is so private. And let me tell you, God can use you to bring change in your family. Don't think. God's going to change your family. He's going to redeem your family. And he's going to use you to break curses over your family. You just pray and you speak the word. And you trust God and you will see the man. the church. There's more Christians on depressants, antidepressanta than what we think. Break that yoke with joy. Break that yoke. This congregation, when, when I received this invitation, I had such a joy in my heart that God is using you and will use you even to break the stronghold of Islam over Jauberg. Do something for God. Get a prayer watch from three to six. Just those three hours in the morning I'm talking about, from three to six, okay? Get an 
hourly or a half an hour prayer watch, but do it in a way that you, you know the other one is there and awake and they will start to pray for the Muslim salvation, pray for peace over them. The city of Joburg is taken over by Islam. And we, we are asleep as a church. Call them in. Pray for our harvest. Thomas that I support in, 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 in a Cape Flats, Pastor Thomas. Um, yes, like I've bought, I had to buy so many Bibles. He, he's faster than what the money can come in. So I pray now, God, no more hundreds or two hundreds or a thousand rand for Bibles. I need 10,000 and more for, just for Thomas because so many Muslims are coming to salvation. I speak peace over them. And they disconnect them from the, the, the principality of, of, of Islam, Allah. What they do, they did it in Standerton as well. What they do is, um, they, when they feel that they lose, that Allah is losing its authority over, over a city, then they come and they provoke the spirit of Allah. They bring more Muslims into a specific area where the Christians are praying. But then it's time to fast and pray for even those who are coming in. And then what they do is normally there's a holy person buried in a sarcophag in a Maserat. Everywhere they have these um, strongholds. And they open the sarcophag and they take out the mummy and they clean it and they provoke the spirit of Allah. They did it in Standerton. They said, the people are doubting whether they want to be, be Muslims anymore. And they, Allah is losing its power over Standerton because it's a stronghold. It used to be a stronghold for the Islam. And they invited 5,000 more Muslims to come in over a December to provoke the spirit of Allah. And then I found what God showed us in prayer while we were fasting and praying for our city. God showed us a mummy. We couldn't find this mummy. I had the secret book of the, that, that, that the city keep in, in, um, in, in the off, the magistratskantore. Normally there's a book of uh, all the important um, histor historic events of a city it's kept in a book. And I... And, and one of our intercessors, he was the um, um, magistrate at the stage. And I asked him, Anton, please, I need that book. Because God showed us something about a mommy in Standerton, and we can't figure out where and what and what. And we led this girl to the Lord that used to be working for a Muslim guy. And she now knew all these secrets because she worked with the emails. And she started to tell me, Tani, do you know that they say Allah has lost his power over, over Standerton? And they are bringing some 5,000 Muslims to Standerton to provoke the spirit of Allah. And they're going to take that mommy out and say, Mommy? Where is the mommy? <laughs> and what God showed us in prayer for our city, he confirmed. So we had a time of prayer and fast while they came to provoke that spirit. And we said, you will sleep in Jesus' name. You will not answer. You will not give them powers in Jesus' name. You will not. And at the stage, the, 
the, some Muslim guys, the senior guys in town, told my friend Bunki Sebeku that I'm going to kill them. They will be sorry if they have to kill me. And she was fearful, and she came to me and said, Mama, Manda, and I said to her, it's okay, what we do is we pray for a, a chance that when they fall ill, they will remember we can pray for them. And I said, God, let them remember Amanda LaRue when they are desperate for healing. And after that prayer, the Lord gave me so much opportunity. One of those guys who told her they will kill me if I keep on with the work where their territory is, um, he, he, I, I happened to be in this nursery, and the owner of the nursery came running to me. I just entered in, you know, through the reception area into the, the back. And, um, and she came running after me. Help me, help me. A man is dying. And when I came into the foyer, into the reception area, Abby was in a heart attack, lying in a pool of water already. And I fell on my knees next to that guy. And I said... Jesus, don't let him die without you. Save him today. And I prayed that prayer. And I said to him, he was pale and, 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 and the water came out everywhere. And I said to him, there's no time for an ambulance because I know the town. The clinic is just here. Can I take you? And I got four guys because women can't touch them. And I take you and I phoned the clinic and I said open your doors come out I've got this man he's in a heart attack we are coming and the guys put him in my car he fell over the gears of the fortuner and I drove say Lord I speak Jesus I speak healing over him I declare you will not die you will live to see the goodness of the Lord and we came in time they saved his soul and I've learned actually a story afterwards phoned the, the um, uh, Osman Raid and I said to him, I've got Abby, he's, he's safe now. Who is his family? Please send somebody with whatever help, money, cash, whatever. And um, in the hearts changed. And he gave me, one night he woke me up ten past two. And he showed me the old man with a beard, the Osman, the Raiden brother, the old man. And God spoke to me and he said to me, his life is in danger. You need to pray for him. And I started to pray for mercy that he will not die without Jesus. And I got his daughter the next morning in town. I said to her, what happened to your dad last night? Just passed two. God woke me up and he showed me he's going to die. And he needs Jesus. And she said to me, we nearly lost him. And prayer is all about the kingdom of God that must come. It's not about us that must grow. It's not about my needs that must be met. Jesus got us. He's got us. He said the silver and the gold is mine and you inherited it. We worry about the nonsense. And we need to worry about souls that's dying without Jesus. So when I come to that business... The first time after this man, he came to me, he's in his late 70s, and he, he's going like this, I'm healed now. <laughs> 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 
And I said, I'm so glad. Abby, how are you doing? Hey, man, I'm so strong. I'm as strong as an ox. Mm. And the Lord gave me another lady. And, and we fear while God wants to use us to bring his kingdom. And Lord, I pray because I think the time is up. I pray, Lord, that you will establish shalom, Irene, the Prince of Peace in each and every one of us in our, in our relationships, in our families, Lord, in our workplace, in the church place, in our communities. And I pray that your kingdom will become our highest priority and the righteousness of And Lord, that we will see how you just add everything. Everything. Lord, I pray for a fresh baptism of your love. Oh Lord, I pray that you fill every void space in our hearts with your love this morning. Lord, that faith will arise to do the works of God. What Jesus did, as you have sent your son, Lord, that we will understand you have sent us. That same Apostolic sending is there for every child of God. Let us walk it out. Let us walk it out. Father, I pray for this congregation that the two, the two that is working together, this family, I pray that I will become a voice to reckon with. Because I choose today to lay down everything that's a thief for your kingdom to come in them, through them, in the city of Jabbok, as in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.